1: Podcast, and I'm your host, Nick DeGilio. Hey, thanks for checking us out. It is episode 121 of the Nick Tee Podcast, part of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Please check out all of the great, informative, entertaining, and Great and funny and wonderful podcast here at Radiomisfits.com. Please take the time to share and like and rate and review us and give us your feedback at Radiomisfits.com. Also, uh, give us uh, feedback here at the Nick D Podcast. Voicemails are encouraged. We want to hear from you 24-7. Those lines are open. Get them in 773-417-6948. And drop us an email anytime with suggestions and questions and comments. Anything. Feedback. We love you nickdpodcast at gmail.com. And that phone number and that email address is where you can also send your magic megaphone messages. We don't have one today because today is the first Tuesday of the month, month, which means that it is time for, for the people. That's right. It's for you. This is when we help you out. You are the real person. You are the real consumer. You are the real, real humans out there who have to live a daily life, and we want to help you do that with two great experts. Herb Weissbaum, who is the consumer man, who you can read all of his stuff at checkbook.org. He helps you with consumer issues. If you have questions about your money, you don't want to be scammed. You want to be safe. We always tell you about the latest in consumer stories, keeping your money safe and keeping you uh, uh, positive and feeling good about what's going on in the world with your dough. So that's Herb Weissbaum. And then? Tom Appel joins us, a good friend, Tom Appel, who, by the way, I appeared on his uh, podcast. We'll talk a little bit about that. I was a guest on his podcast last week, and it was fantastic. He is the uh, publisher of the Consumer Guide Automotive, which is unbelievable. He is our car expert, so any and all car-related stories and updates and questions that you have or uh, just car-related stories in general we talk with Tom about, always a great. So this is uh, for the people. And that's coming up. So Esmeralda Leon has the day off. We will not have a megaphone message, but that should not keep you from getting your megaphone message requests in at 773-417-6948 or nickdpodcast at gmail.com. My dad will tell a joke. Yes, my dad does not take the For the People Day off. He still gets over here and he tells a joke and he bothers this one. Hi,
2: I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show.
1: Yes, she does. Thank you, Carrie. I love you, baby, despite the fact that uh, I didn't like Cocaine Bear. You forgive me, don't you, don't Hi, you? I'm
2: Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. All
1: right. Thank you, Carrie. All right. So uh, Tom Appel, our car guy, Herb Weisbaum, our consumer guy for the people. That's what's coming up. Hey, you know what else is coming up? A big night for us. We have been doing live shows The Nick D Podcast Live, Uh, and it's been great. We've had great guests and a great time. Me and Esmeralda are the co-hosts. We have special guests. We give stuff away. We have incredibly fun uh, prizes uh, to give away, and we do trivia and interactive stuff with the audience. It's all recorded as a live podcast at Zany's in Rosemont, and we've had a great time doing it, and uh, our fourth live podcast event is coming up on March 28th. That's Tuesday, March 28th. And we have a very, very amazing special guest. you got to get your tickets now because they're going to go fast. Tuesday, March 28th, 7.30 at Zanies in Rosemont. Rich Coes is going to be with us. That's right. The legendary, the amazing, the classic, the unbelievable Sven Gulli himself. Rich Coes, who, will, by the way, will not be in costume. He will be. He, he will have his secret identity. He will be the secret identity of Rich Coes. Rich is going to be there live on stage in front of you and your friends. You can ask questions, and we're going to have a great time interviewing him. He's going to be on stage with us for over an hour talking with the legendary broadcaster, Rich Coes. He's our special guest. My dad is going to get up and tell jokes at the end with Rich Coes. So if you want to see my dad and Sven Gooley, you know, throwing bad jokes back and forth at each other, that alone should get you to come out. Anyway, Rich is going to be our special guest. I couldn't be more thrilled and honored, unbelievably honored. I bow to the greatness of Rich Coe's, and you should too. But that's going to make um, you know our live podcast show even better than they already are. And they're already hilarious and great and spectacular. We get nothing but amazing feedback from people who have come to these events. So our next live Nick D podcast recording uh, with Esmeralda and me, is going to be on Tuesday, March 28th at 7.30. Doors open at 6.30. And Rich Coe, Sven Gulli himself, live in the flesh with us. It's going to be unbelievable and unbelievably special. You cannot afford to miss this. Uh, you know, Rich is an amazing dude, and he doesn't do this often. He's doing me a favor. He's like, yes, I will come and be a guest on your live podcast. So get your tickets now, because this is going to be a special night. Rich Coe live. Zanies in Rosemont, March 28th. That's a Tuesday. Rosemont.zanies.com. Get your tickets now. Rosemont.zanies.com, Or you can call the box office at 847-813-0484. Call or get your tickets online right now. Rosemont.zanies.com for our, our next Nick D. Live podcast. We do this once a month. We'll be doing it in April. We'll be doing it in May. Uh, once a month. And uh, we always have great guests. And this one could not be greater. Rich Coe's Sven Gulli Live. So get your tickets now for our Zanies show. So that's coming up, and uh, and you know what? Let's get this thing started with our For the People. We're going to talk about Herb Weissbaum after I tell you that you need to be congratulated right now.
0: Congratulations. You're about to listen to the Nick D podcast. It's by far the best decision you've made today. It makes the other podcasts seem like crap. Oh, yeah. Don't be a jag Weisbaum is the Consumer Man. Yes, he is your hero when it comes to consuming the Consumer Man. Man. Oh, yes. Herb is your man.
1: That's right. The very heroic theme music of our hero, the Consumer Man, Herb Weisbaum. Herb joins us on uh, For the People every first Tuesday of the month. And here is Herb. Hi, Herb. Hello, Nick.
3: How are you? I'm doing great. It's a very uh, important week for me. It's nice I can celebrate with you. This is National Consumer Protection Week, my favorite week of the year.
1: I understand it's your favorite week of the year. I understand it's a very important week. And for the consumer man, I would imagine that National Consumer Protection Week is the most important week of the year. I can't imagine another week being more important.
3: Of course, we do yeah, you have to be a good consumer year round, but this is like you know it's nice to have your own special week.
1: Now, before we get into that,
3: out, I it, you know, I, I take the suit and I clean it. The cape, I clean it a little bit. And right,
1: yeah, right. <laughs> before we get into that, though, now we announced that the last yes. time that you were with us that you in fact have kind of retired. You've semi-retired. You're taking it easy, and um, you know the Seattle Times ran a story about you oh. and your semi-retirement. And I and I know the note that you sent me says normally a broadcaster has to die before a newspaper story like this gets published. Now, you're not dead, as we as we no. understand.
3: No, no. And as the newspaper said, I'm retired, sort of. I'm still keeping very, very busy working for Checkbook.org, doing the Consumerpedia podcast every other week, and also doing things like you and other radio and TV stations across the country in my weekly column for Checkbook. But I don't have the daily deadline of broadcast news where every single day for 22 years, five days a week, I actually did some on the weekend. So five or six days of the week, I had a deadline every single day for 22 years and had to provide in that period, 6,500 tips. Wow. That's a lot of tips, man. That's a
1: lot of tips, man. That's a lot of tips. So uh, how do you feel about the story that the Seattle times ran? I mean, you know, huge newspaper in the city that you love and where you live. Was it fun to, to have that piece written about you?
3: It was really nice. They sent a staff photographer over to take a couple of pictures. And the one picture that you may have seen of me holding the on-air sign, uh, that was the actual on-air sign from the original Como radio station, the one of the flagship stations in Seattle from way back when, when they moved to the new building. They were going to throw it out, and Herb said, no, you're not. I grabbed that, put a light bulb, in it, and it now sits on my desk, and they took a picture with that, which is really cool. If people want to see this, it's posted on my Facebook page uh, or my Twitter account, uh, uh, the consumer man at Twitter and consumer man at Facebook.
1: That's right. And, uh, you can also check out dot uh, checkbook.org, consumerman.com, uh, for all of this, uh, all of this stuff. And everybody wants to see the picture and read the wonderful piece that we wrote that there, that was written about, uh, about the semi-retired, but still busy <laughs> Herb
3: Weisbaum. Right. So. Reasonably busy has time to watch some streaming at night, Nick. I, I think about you every time I go on my little you do, you do. On a streaming, sir. Yeah. Well, I watch. I don't know if you watch this. We talk sometimes about stuff. Um, My wife and I decided to check out Tulsa King with Sylvester Stallone. Yes. And we weren't sure, and we got into the second episode, and it was like, this is a hoot. Sylvester Stallone is really funny. He's got this great sense of humor. It was very well done. We really enjoyed that.
1: I was surprised at how much I enjoyed it, too. Uh, I thought it was a lot of fun. And uh, my friend Tony Fitzpatrick, who is uh, Mm -hmm. an incredible uh, friend of mine, a great artist, a great writer, uh, he swears by that show. He yeah. uh, just just he can't recommend that show enough to people that he knows, people that he doesn't know, enemies, friends, whoever it is. <laughs> he is constantly telling people that you must watch Tulsa King with Sylvester Stallone. And uh, and that was the reason I started watching it, because I was kind of putting it off. And he's like, Nick, you got to watch it. And then I did watch it. And I, and I found it very entertaining. I'm glad you I'm glad you found Tulsa King. Yeah.
3: One more. Did you, did you watch uh, Poker Face? Yes,
1: I do. Uh, I do watch Poker Face. Uh, I haven't watched the whole thing
3: but okay. I but I like but I my wife does but I really I really like it I think it's like the old columbo yeah but she's doing it by reading people's faces it's a little slow moving for today's today's movies it really does sort of plot along but I just find it you know a hoot to see how she's reading people and what she does
1: well natasha leon is one of my favorite people in the world uh she's uh, an actress that I've always loved uh and you know she's a producer on this project and some of the other things that she's been doing. And, uh, uh, you know, she w- started out as a teen actress. She's been acting for oh, wow. well over 20-something years. She started out as a teen okay. actress. I mean, you know, one of the big movies that she was in a few years after she started, she's in the American Pie movies. She's in the right. first. And, uh, and you know, she was just like 19 or 18 when they made those movies. And so right. I've been I've been following her career for like 25 years. I've always been a big fan, and I think she's terrific in, uh, in Poker Face. But that's cool.
3: And that's this week's streaming review. I'm Herb Weissbaum, there the you consumer go. Man. Weissbaum. There it is, <laughs> consumer man.
1: Well, uh, when did National Consumer Protection Week begin? How long has National Consumer Protection uh, Week been a
3: thing? I would have to Google that, but it's been many, many years. It's been several decades now. It's been around for a while. And it's basically a, a honchoed by the Federal Trade Commission, but a lot of consumer groups jump on the bandwagon. And they just try to put out a lot of information that's useful all year long just to, to remind people that you have to stop and think before you do things. Because there's a lot of shoddy businesses. There are a lot of rip-off on scam artists. There are a lot of criminals out there. And you really have to be the, the first sentence of my story, which basically says it all, Nick, is it takes some extra effort to be a good consumer. Yeah. If you want to get good prices on quality merchandise or find top-notch service providers or protect yourself from fraud. You gotta do your homework. And as I always tell people, you take less time on the front end than the back end trying to deal with the problem that you had because you didn't deal with it on the front end. And that's just, that's the way it works in this world.
1: Well, I mean, that's what, that's the main reason we've had you on so many so for so right. many years as a regular is to help people out for that specific reason. Before we exactly. get into, before we get into national uh, consumer protection week uh, and uh, the tips and everything and how to celebrate it and how to do the best you can with it, tell everybody where they can read your stuff and see your stuff. Uh, we mentioned checkbook.org and your own website, Uh, and, and, uh, no, you can, they can subscribe to a newsletter. People can do all kinds of stuff. Let's uh, get connected with Herb. How do we do
3: that? Everything I do is on checkbook.org, and it's also just republished on my own website, consumerman.com. There are no ads. Uh, You can sign up for my free weekly newsletter. You'll get it from me proactively. I'll let you know when we do a new podcast. I'll let you know when we do new stories and share some other consumer information. We don't share, rent, or sell the email list. It's just between you and me, and that way we can keep in touch. And a lot of people listen to your podcast, and they can send off questions. Some of your old listeners at that radio station in Chicago uh, write me every once in a while and say, I heard you talking to Nick on the podcast. Could would you please help me? I try to respond. As I said, in that article, you mentioned, I try to respond to every single person who writes me. If it's a decent, honest question, and if you tell me I'm an idiot, I'm not going to respond. Right. Uh, and I do get a few of those, but if you have a question or something I can help you with, I really do try to steer you in the right direction. That's just part of how I feel my, my job is and to help people. That's what I do for a living.
1: That's right. And again, I always, uh, you know, uh, encourage, uh, my subscribers and listeners to, uh, to call us at our voicemail, uh, here, uh, at the Nick D podcast, seven, seven, three, four, one, seven, six, nine, four, eight for any comments or questions and use the email here too. If you want to drop us an email question, I'll be happy to pass along to her Nick D podcast at gmail.com. Um, all right, national consumer protection week. Uh, you said it's been around for uh, several years. Um, Is it always in March? And if so, why is March chosen? Because it's tax time, maybe?
3: I don't think it has anything to do with tax time. I think somebody just picked it. I I don't know an official reason why. I just think somebody picked the week out of a hat. Maybe it wasn't taken. Okay. (laughs) uh, It tends to be celebrated in the spring is is when National Consumer Protection Week tends to be. I don't know. Maybe it's the start of the year. We want to get things off. Oh, everything
1: is – there's rebirth in the spring. You know what I mean? You can start all over again. You screwed up all your money the last year. It's a, yep. it's a time to, for rebirth, the flowers are blooming, the, you know, every the birds are singing, everybody's being happy. Time yeah. to get your,
3: time to get your consumer business in order. Is My crocuses are out front croaking and it's like time to think about new things, you know. <laughs> That's right. Well, National
1: Consumer Protection Week, and you do have many tips and you write all about it. Uh, how do we celebrate National Consumer Protection Week? Are there things that we can take advantage of? Are there tips that? What are some of the tips for this very special week? Uh, of sure, the there election? are things
3: taking place in communities all across the country. You You may find out from your local Better Business Bureau or State Attorney General. But what I did to celebrate is I talked to experts that we deal with at Checkbook all the time, five experts, and asked them for what they would suggest to people. If they had one tip to give somebody, what would it be? And I boiled it down to seven tips, and I'm happy to... Race yeah. through that for you if you'd like me to share something.
1: Please, else. absolutely, of course. So,
3: so tip number one is pay with a credit card whenever possible. It's one of the best weapons that you have to protect yourself against fraud and bad service. Because if you pay for something, whether it's a product or service, you are Protected by the Fair Credit Billing Act. So basically, what that says if the merchandise isn't what you were promised, if the merchandise doesn't arrive, if the contractor or auto mechanic or whatever does shoddy work, you can protest the charge with your credit card company. They are going to investigate. They'll determine whether the complaint is justified. And if so, if they rule in your favor, you'll get the money back. It's called a chargeback. They take it back from the merchant. In the meantime, While you're waiting for this to be assessed, that charge is taken off your credit card. You don't have to pay that charge while they're investigating. That is different from a debit card where they have to investigate if you say there's a fraud but in the meantime that money is out of your bank account that's out of your checking account if it's a large purchase maybe you can't pay your rent maybe you can't pay your mortgage because that money's out of there they have at least 10 days to investigate and sometimes even more and i did stories several years ago from people who had debit cards and they said there was a fraud and the bank did not believe them and it took a long time to get this thing worked out mm-hmm. you don't have quite that problem you have much more of the the ro- most robust Fraud protection guaranteed by federal legislation with using a credit card, and it'll just eliminate a lot of the headaches. I had a situation, Nick, where we went to uh, to dinner, uh, lunch, excuse me. We went to lunch at Maggiano's, a big chain. Mm-hmm. The uh, the server overranged the bill, and she said to me, "I'm going to give you eleven dollars credit back." The eleven dollars never came on my credit card. We called the manager. They said the money isn't. Uh, it will be right back in your account. Two weeks went by. That restaurant we knew was closing. The, the chain is open. The restaurant's closing. Tried to call corporate. Couldn't get through. Couldn't get through on their website. Just terrible customer service. And so I called the credit card company today. I said, you know what? I tried to do everything you suggested, contacting the company. I'm now challenging the charge. They overcharged me by 11 bucks. And they said, we'll investigate. We'll get back to you. In the meantime, just move along with your life. <laughs> can't, do, can't do that as easily with uh, with a debit card or other forms of payment. That's true. Yeah, that's true. That's a good tip. And by the way, Checkbook found in the the research we did for years and years, we found that in most cases – the credit card companies tend to side on behalf of the consumers in these disputes. Starting to get a little bit problematic because some people are taking advantage of it and trying to commit fraud, so they're being a little bit more careful than they were in the past because this really does damage the merchants if they're giving back money that they don't owe. But we found in the past that they tend to want to keep their customers happy. I'm, you know, I'm the credit card customers' customer every much as I am the restaurant's customer, so they do tend to bend over backwards and try to help you out with that. So just keep that in mind.
1: Okay. All right.
3: More tips. Okay, you should have a drum roll. Tip number two.
1: Uh, uh, be- wait, I, I don't have a drum roll, but I do have this. That's <laughs> I like really it. Well, that's the right
3: face of the clever. Like my crocuses. I, are I know crocus. that's why I
1: have not That's why I. That's why. That's why I have it loaded up here. So. Uh.
3: So Nick, my crocuses are outside croaking.
1: Whoa! Well, <laughs> all right, there you, there you go. <laughs> See, it's funnier that way. Enjoy um, the veal. Enjoy the veal, everybody.
3: Herb's here all week. <laughs> uh- Tip number two is be extremely careful if you use peer-to-peer payment apps. They're the huge way to pay now, Zelle and Venmo and Cash App. And they're made to pay, as the name says, Peer to peer between friends. If you're a restaurant and you want to split the meal or something like that, they have become a favorite target for criminals because the money is transferred instantaneously and the transactions are nearly impossible to reverse. This was designed to send stuff to somebody you know. Don't buy merchandise online with it. Don't send money if somebody threatens you with something and says you have to Zelle or Venmo or whatever made the cash. No legitimate company would ever do that. It's, it lacks the fraud protection of credit cards, and in many cases, we found that the companies, and in one case, the banks behind uh, these services, uh, Zelle is uh, offered by many banks, they basically told people, did you give that to the fraudster? Or did you tell this company you'd a- approve the payment? Yes. Well, then it's not fraud because you authorized it. Yeah, but I authorized this somebody who was lying to me and committing a crime. Well, I'm sorry, that's not a that's not a, a payment that you would take care of. Uh, that's that's not a suspicious payment. That's a payment that you authorize. So you got to be really careful. Mm. Use them and only use them for the the way they were intended. It can be very dangerous to use that to do other things like shop online. Only no. use a credit card to shop online is my advice. Seriously.
1: Okay. All right. Yeah. You, you one, want another? You want another rim shot for the next? Uh, yeah. Go ahead. All right. Here we go.
3: And that leads to tip number three. And uh, this is the big <laughs> one. And the whole reason why checkbook is around is because uh, we say comparison shopping can save you a bundle. There's only one way to know if you're getting a good price and you're getting a good deal, and that's to shop around. That's especially important if you're paying a lot of money a plumber, an electrician, a carpenter, or any other service provider. Uh, we find uh, decade after decade, believe it or not, we've been saying the same thing that some people assume that a company charges a lot is going to do the best work. And our research has consistently found there is no relationship between price and quality. You can get a very high priced company that can do lousy work, and you can get a very reasonably priced company that can do really good work. It takes the time. You need to take the time to find out who you're dealing with, check them out. Get estimates, get the prices, but really do not assume that I'm going to pay more for this company and I'm going to get better work. They have higher ratings. That's just not the case when we've done our, our surveys and checked around year after year after year. So there you have that one.
1: Wow. that's that. Uh, I, I don't know why I, I just assume. Why, why is that a part of the reputation uh, that people are misled into thinking that?
3: Well, you know, that's like the uh, the whole thing with like, well, this purse must be really wonderful because it costs so much money or yeah, this watch. Yeah. They, they still keep time. They still carry your checkbook around. I think, uh, oh, I got a checkbook in there again. Uh, I think that uh, <laughs> you know, somehow in our society, we relate cost to quality. You know, that shirt must be better quality because you pay more for it. It may be. But it may not always be, especially with service providers. Maybe they're not based in my case in the city of Seattle or maybe they're not based in downtown Chicago. Maybe they're based a little bit outside in the suburbs where they have lower taxes or they don't have as much rent for their office or something like that. They have better supplier that can get on the, the the stuff they need at a better price. there can be also or maybe the company just has a marketing pitch that says we you know they, they know that they charge a lot of money and people will assume we are good. Uh, it doesn't matter what the reason. Just don't fall for that, and make sure you shop around and get a get a reasonably good price.
1: Mm, okay, great advice. All right. Should I? By uh,
3: one last thing with that. And yeah, I, yeah. I, I this when I was writing this. And remember warranties. You know, when you're shopping around, if you're getting something installed, if you're getting a furnace installed or an air conditioner or something installed, you want to not only check on the contractor, but you want to check on the the warranty. Besides the price, the warranty you get for the item. I bought an air conditioning unit here. Many, 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 many years ago. And I had a, a choice between two models. They were almost the same price. And I just happened to say to the contractor, what's the warranty on the compressor? That's the part that always goes bad. Hmm. He says, well, this one is 10 years and this one's 20 years and they're almost the same price. Well, duh! I'm going to take the one that has a 20-year warranty on the part that's going to break. That's the kind of thing you need to check around and ask for when you're doing something like a, a you know, garage doors or a furnace or a hot a hot water heater or a, you know, something like that that has a lifespan. What kind of warranty are you getting? with? roofing? What kind of warranty am I getting with this roof? Am I going to get 20 years, 30 years, lifetime? What's the deal? Mm,
1: okay, great advice. All right, should I do it again? Here we go. Sure, go ahead. There we go.
3: Number four. Review your business. I used to be a rock and roll job. Review business relationships. I got this one from my friend Igor Dworsky, who runs the website consumerworld.org, which is a great website. And he says, and he's right, you start a business relationship and you forget about it, assuming the terms and conditions are going to stay in place and won't change, right? I bet you've done that. I've done the same thing. Sure. So Edgar says, check your cable and cell phone bills, maybe your bank accounts, your credit card every year or two, and just see what the situation is. Are you getting the best rate or the best package or the best price anymore? Let me give you an example. A lot of people pre-pandemic specifically got credit cards that gave them travel perks, miles or with the hotel rooms or whatever, because they were traveling a lot, especially business travelers. Well, maybe... Now you're not traveling all that much because you're older, you don't have any reason to go, the business doesn't want to travel anymore, and you're paying a steep fee, an annual fee for that card. Maybe you should be getting a card that gives you cash back rewards, and you can find some great cards that don't have an annual fee. There's a link in the story on checkbook.org uh, to bankrate.com. They have a list of a whole bunch of cash back reward cards that don't have an annual fee. You might save $95 and get the reward that actually works the best for you. In the service area, like phone and internet and TV service and that kind of thing, don't expect the company to voluntarily offer you proactively if something is better, if they come up with a better package or a better deal. You've got to call. You've got to call the internet company, the cable company, the phone company, or go to the store and say, hi, quote, how do I lower my monthly bill? I think I'm paying too much. And in many cases, they will be able to work a deal that will lower you uh, the, the bill. And if you've done your homework, and you know what the competitors are charging if you happen to have a competitive service. Some cities that aren't cable TV competitors. But you have a much better bargaining power, Nick, if you go in and say, well, uh, XYZ Company is offering a triple play for $99. How come I'm paying $125?
1: Yeah.
3: And I found some of the things are bizarre. When I went to the store and they tend to spend a lot more time with you, I had a guy at Comcast and he worked on this thing. Uh, for 20 minutes. And he said, I guarantee you, Mr. Weisbaum, and he didn't know who I was as a young kid, I am going to get you a better price than you're paying right now. And I said, I'm in no rush. Thank you very much. And he found this bizarre promotion that if I signed up for another service, my bill would be lower by $40 a month. And I said, I beg, he says, yeah, you're paying $25 for this, but they're running a special promotion. So the overall bill and the bottom line is what counts is $40 less than what you're paying now. Sure. Sign me up for the service. I don't want. Wow. But that's how they run these crazy promotions because yeah. they're promoting this right now, you know. And lastly, and again, we talked about streaming at the top of this podcast. A lot of people sign up for these streaming services because they want, to see, they want to see Yellowstone. They want to see the Beatles, whatever they want to see. And then they forget about it. And these things keep renewing over and over again until you say stop. Take a look sometime. I think the last story I read, most people have five or six streaming services now. It may be that you don't really need that many. Or if you're not using it for a while, just unsubscribe subscribe and if you want to go back again to netflix or hulu or whatever it is subscribe again they're they're gonna be happy to welcome you back you may even get a new subscriber deal if you wait long enough
1: yeah no that's a good that's good it's good because i think people do forget um uh uh, you know about this and i think there's an i i and i've seen advertisements now. i don't know whether it's good or not i don't know whether the product is good or not Herbert. i'm sure there are more than one but there is an uh a a product or an app that you can download or subscribe that goes through, it automatically like goes through uh, the things that you are subscribed to. And, and my phone my phone actually kind of does this too. It's like, Mm -hmm. Hey, you haven't used this app in a long time or you haven't used this app in a long time. Do you still want it? And I like that, you know, that little reminder that my, that my phone does, my phone reminds me, it's like, Hey, you haven't done this. You haven't done that.
3: And that's, that's, that's a good, that's a good service. Yeah, I we have not reviewed those apps, but I'm familiar with them. And if somebody likes them, I hope they work out. But, yes, there are th- services that can – or, you know, it's really easy for yourself. <laughs> you can just put a note, you know, in your calendar. I mean, if a lot of people – and you know this as well as I do. A lot of people want to do the 30-day trial and then see, you know, binge yeah. watch all of, uh, you know, Picard. And then they want to get off of it or whatever. And, yeah. you know, yeah. you forget. Put a note in your calendar, your Outlook, your your paper calendar. I have to, re- it's going to re- automatically renew on this date and a couple of days back, decide if yeah. you want to keep it renew or you want to get rid of it. That's well, because, you
1: know, that, because after the 30 days, they're certainly not going to remind you the service correct. isn't going to, they're yep. not going to remind you. They're just going to start billing you. You've got it's that smart, free 30 days. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and I like that. I like the fact that, uh, you know, I, I don't, you know, that my phone, uh, service is like they, every once in a while, it's well, like, Hey, you haven't used yep. this app or you haven't used that app or, you know, it's, it's taken up some space on your phone. You yep. sure you want that or, you yep. know. So I, yes. I I actually really uh, you know that's something I I I I'm 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 happy that I have.
3: Good. Good. One last point before we go to tip 5, yeah. which would be the next tip, is a lot of people hold on to things for a long time assuming they're going to get um discounts because you're a long-term customer. The the uh, the um what I'm thinking about is insurance. A lot of people don't price shop, don't change insurance because they figure, well, I've been a long-term customer and they're going to give me the favored rate because I'm a loyal customer. Actually, a lot of the insurance companies, and this is specific to insurance companies, have figured out, they have these algorithms now, Nick, they can say, this person is never going to leave our company and you don't have to give them good rates, just charge them whatever you want to charge them and they're not going to go. And I mean, they can't charge more than the insurance commissioner in that area is allowed or whatever, but it's not like they're going to offer you a deal because you're a good customer in many cases. They may, but there's these things designed to simply say this person's never leaving us and I'm sure they use these algorithms and other services now. And so if you do shop around and you do compare prices or maybe change to another company, you may get a better deal. I hadn't, uh, we have uh, earthquake insurance out here in Seattle because that's a big risk for us. And we're an earthquake country yeah. and the company yeah. that was servicing me, uh, and I do tend to price shop it with my agent every year, was going out of business. So he couldn't get it anymore. And he said, I searched around and I found you another company that gives you absolutely the same coverage as this previous company for a thousand dollars less a year. Just shows the value wow. of shopping around. Uh, earthquake insurance is really expensive. Yeah. And uh, yeah. but that just shows you the value that don't assume you're always going to get the best price. Shop around every once in a while. Got
1: it. All right,
3: all right. Another tip. You ready? Yep. Number five. Okay. Slow down. You're moving too fast. The song Mm -hmm. was by.
1: Uh, is that Simon and Garfunkel? Yeah, that's right. Sorry, I had to to start. I had to start singing it in my head. It was one of those. (laughs) Right.
3: Feeling groovy. Yeah. Um, Con artists use high pressure tactics and fear to get you to act without thinking. And they know what they're doing, and they can be really intense. They can threaten you with legal action, that an officer is coming to your house to arrest you, that your utility is going to be turned off in a few minutes, that you're going to be locked out of your credit card or your banking account, that this fraud is taking place, you're going to lose all your money. Whatever it is, they know what buttons to push to make you stop thinking with a rational part of your brain and do whatever they want to do. And by the time you figure it out, It's done. It's over with. And you're going to try to pick up the pieces. So if someone is threatening you, if they're giving you this really high pressure routine, whether it's a lawsuit or being arrested or whatever, stop and get out of that situation until you can think about it. Talk to a friend. Talk to a family member. You can call the AARP Fraud Watch Network. You don't have to be a member of AARP. You can call them up and they can talk to you and they know all the scams that's gone along and and help you with that. Uh, I can give you the number here, but the number is also online, or you can also get it with a story, 877-908-3360. It is free. They're happy to talk to you. This is what they do, 877-908-3360. And the one thing Amy Novsker with the Fraud Network told me, and it's great advice, she said, and I quote, listen to your gut. It's a chemical reaction from your brain trying to warn you that something isn't right. And all the victims I talked to, I bet 90% of the victims I spoke to said, you know, it just didn't feel right. I was Mm -hmm. in the middle of this thing, and this guy was telling me this song, and it just didn't feel right. But I wanted to get him off the line. So I decided to do it. Or I felt, you never give somebody your credit card, banking information, or social security number in order to get them off the line. You take the phone and hang up. That's (laughs) that's how you get rid of them. Uh, But if you would follow that gut feeling, I guarantee you in 99% of the cases, your gut is telling you the right thing to do. So listen to your gut, stop the transaction, and try to to talk to somebody. And as I say, every time I make speeches, especially to young people, but older folks as well, in this fast-paced digital world of ours, there may not be an undo button. If you go on a website and submit your social security number thinking it's important and it's run by scammers, you can't pull it back. If you click a link in a text message and give them your username and password for your bank account or credit card, you can't undo that you've already mm. given it to them if there's no undo button in the digital world you're going to have to go in and change all your password and log information you can't change your social security number so you need to think long and hard before you hit that submit button because you may you know when i first started doing this nick uh, decades ago well 40 something years ago i would do a story on tv and someone would call up the tv station and say Thank you, Herb. You warned us about this oil and gas well scam. I just wrote a check to the company for $10,000, and I can either A, go to the mailbox and take it out so they won't get it, or B, call the bank and stop them from, you know, put a stop payment on the check. Digital, you can't stop that Zelle transfer. You can't stop that, you know, the, the, the giving them your information instantaneously. It's gone. It's done. It's, you've got to think before you commit because right. once you do, you're going to be in trouble.
1: Yeah. That's a good. Uh, all right. Uh, that's 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 an important tip. Yeah. You, you know, everything moves faster because of technology and we got to keep yep. up to date with that. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Slow down. All right. We're almost all right, as, as Casey Kasem would say, we're almost at number seven. This is okay. number six. All right. There you go. If you've been scammed, report it. And this is really important. I want to make this clear. Anybody can be taken by a fraudster. Anybody. It doesn't matter your education. It doesn't matter your age, your financial situation, your status in life. These are professionals. There are now gangs, many of them working overseas, who make a living tricking people. They know what to do, and every time they fail, they learn so they can do a better job. And they have all sorts of technology behind them in order to trick you with bogus caller ID numbers and fake websites and terrible uh, an email that looks so real with threatening notes, etc. If you get scammed, please don't feel embarrassed. Do something about it. First of all, talk to your family. They can probably help you. Don't afraid that they're gonna t- don't be afraid they're gonna take your checkbook away or keep you from using your credit card. If you're, if you're the family members listening, don't do that. Work with your family member, but then report it to a local government consumer protection agency, maybe your police department, the Federal Trade Commission, Better Business Bureau has a scam tracker and a great organization that's in this story, Nick, is called fraud.org. They're run by the National Consumers League, a great nonprofit, and what they do is they have connections with over 200 consumer and law enforcement agencies throughout the United States and Canada. So when you file a report with them, they confidentially share it with these other law enforcement and consumer agencies across North America, and that lets them Keep track of the different scams that are happening, how they're being committed. And believe it or not, every once in a while, they do get caught and they do get put behind bars. It may not be able to help you with your individual problem, but that way, A, you don't carry the guilt around, and B, you may be helping protect other people or helping the authorities go after the bad guys. So tell somebody about it if you've been a victim of a fraud. That's really a smart thing to do.
1: Okay. All right. And then this is number seven, correct? Yep. Number seven. Here we go. All right
3: get free copies of your credit reports at least once a year. Very few people actually do that. It's free and it's easy to do. And here's why you want to do that. Because identity theft often goes unreported before it's detected. Crooks are really good at hiding this stuff. So if they open a credit card or a bank account in your name but change the address – all the statements will go someplace else, so you won't know that they're running up the charge on that credit card or doing whatever with that bank account. Uh, they could even open a new cell phone account and just start charging it to one of your credit cards, and the bill is going to come to them instead of coming to you. This information will show up on your credit reports, and the quicker you find it, the sooner you can reduce whatever damage is being done by the frosters. In the world of Internet theft, The quicker it's discovered, the faster you will fix the problem and keep it from being more harmful down the road. Because the longer it goes on, the more you're going to have to clean up. You've got to get your credit report, Nick, from all three credit bureaus, Experian, Equifax, and TransUnion. I know you know this, but they're three separate companies. They don't share information, so you have to go to all three. And you do that by going to this and only this website, annualcreditreport.com. Don't search online for free credit reports because you don't know where you're going to end up. Annualcreditreport.com was authorized by the federal government. It is safe to use. Yes, you will have to give them your social security number. So do it from a computer you trust. Don't do it at a library computer or something like that where other people could use it because that's how they fi- find your uh, credit reports are kept by social security numbers. And when you get those reports, look for anything that just doesn't seem right. Accounts you didn't open, names or addresses that aren't yours, a record of late payments when you pay your cards on time all the time, uh, a lien, uh, bankruptcy, something you know, a legal action that, you, that didn't happen. If for any reason that there's something doesn't look right, you need to investigate and file a complaint. And while you're at it, freeze, please freeze your credit reports at the three credit bureaus, Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion. You need to go to each one of the websites individually you don't use annualcreditreport.com to do that and i have links with a story nick directly to the freeze my credit report the section of their websites and if you do that what happens is it, without the pin code that you get no one can access your credit file except you and your creditors who already are using you uh, you know you already have credit with if a criminal gets steals nick's social security number and gets his address and his date of birth and wants to open an account the potential creditor will say fine we have to get your credit report well you can't get your credit report without the pin number nick that you created when you froze your accounts Mm -hmm. so they will be denied they won't be able to open the new bank account they won't be able to open the new credit card account they won't be able to get a cell phone account or a cable account something that require rent an apartment in your name anything that requires a credit check they are locked out so you can get in your current creditors can get in It does not affect your credit score. Myth has been going around for years or years. It does not uh, affect that whatsoever. What it does is protect you. The one proactive thing you can do to protect yourself from identity theft rather than waiting to become a victim and trying to do something after the fact. And you also should do this for your children and dependents living in your house. They are prime targets for identity thieves because they have a nice, clean social security number, and they can use that, change the address, change the date of birth, Start using that credit card and building up mounds and mounds of debt so that when your child finally finds out about it, maybe when they go to college, get a loan, get a car, get their first credit card, they're buried under this mountain of debt and have no credit, uh, no good credit whatsoever. And you're going to have to spend a long, long time getting them out of that. So, this takes a little bit more work, Nick, to, to lock it up for the children because. They want to make sure you're not a criminal. You have to send them in paperwork, prove who you are. But I'm telling you, I talk to victims with people who had their kids' identity stolen, and it can be an absolute nightmare. So you want to do that for the kids as well. Got it.
1: All right, National Consumer Protection Week. All of these tips that uh, Herb just discussed here uh, are at checkbook.org and uh, with links to everything that we were talking about. So it's easy peasy, and it's very helpful, and you should go to checkbook.org and check that out. Uh, right now for National Consumer Protection Week. Now, is there any special way that you celebrate National Consumer Protection Week since it's your favorite week?
3: Um, I think I'm going to go get an ice cream sundae somewhere before the week is out.
1: Oh, good. Okay, good. That sounds like a great right. way
3: to... I'm a peanut butter parfait fan.
1: Ah, okay. All right. My All wife right. hates oh.
3: me saying it, but it's the next best thing to sex. Oh, So, uh, you got your You got the Spanish peanuts. You got the hot fudge. You got the soft ice cream. I mean, what what's not to like?
1: Right. All right. There you go. Uh, go. There you go. I think you shared a little too much there, Herb. But that's okay. Cut that out. Okay. All right. Uh, So uh, let's let's uh, talk. We got time for just a couple more stories. Sure. Um, uh, There is a rule, a proposed rule, where you may they may be able to curb these excessive credit card late fees. And there have been some really insane. Uh, credit card late fees. Uh, what is this rule and what might happen to curb some of that stuff?
3: Yeah, we check the most, most large banks currently charge as much as three dollars for the late fee, for late payment, first time $41 for yeah. subsequent payments. And, uh, you know, it's just a lot of money. What the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, the CFPB, this is the agency that was created during the uh, Great Recession when everything went in the toilet. They tried to start protecting consumers. Congress created that. They proposed a rule that would cap ever increasing credit card late fees to $8 and require financial institutions to justify future price hikes. So they're rolling this back to what they believe based on all this testimony and all this research that they did, that this is what it basically costs a bank, a financial institution, a credit union to handle a a late fee, which is eight bucks. Uh, That's (laughs) on a credit card. That's That's not a lot of money. And they're charging, like I said, $25, $30 or more. So that's what they're trying to do. And uh, they're trying to keep this at $8. And then companies could only charge more if they could prove to the CFPB that the higher fee is necessary to cover their actual real and costs they had, uh, actual costs they had. And it will automatically end the inflation adjustment. Every year, these guys are going, well, it's inflation. We're just going to up at the cost of inflation without having to show that it's really costing them any more to do this. And so they said, no, no more of that. And then they want to cap the late fees at 25 percent of the required minimum payment. So currently a card issue can, uh, issuer can issue or can charge you a late fee that's 100 percent of the minimum payment owed by the cardholder. Uh, they can't they won't be able to do this. Under this new rule, it's going to be yeah. a lot lower. Consumer groups think it's great. The American Bankers Association said it's extreme and that will harm consumers by reducing competition and access to credit. Uh, past history, they say any that any time uh, somebody wants to regulate them and somehow they work it out and they still make tons of money and we yeah. are, are better served as consumers. So yeah. uh, I think that's uh, that's what that one is. We can read about that again on, on my website okay. or check. I- Hopefully that one will go through. That's a really important one
1: dot com for that story. I I love the, I love the different take that those, that that those companies have on that. Oh,
3: you know, (laughs) every time there's a regulation, the group in question, every time, Nick, if you do that, we won't have airplanes anymore. We won't be able to fly. If you do that, nobody's going to make cars. If you do that, no one will ever get credit. I mean, it's like, You know, you guys, your industry, you cried wolf too many times. You will always make money. You will always figure it out, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, but this is one that's really good for the consumer. Yeah,
1: that's great. And it's also, it's interesting because like this is, I've heard this kind of stuff before where people are crying wolf like constantly. um and we've we've talked about it several times and i'm always amused by that and 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 they're always proven wrong most of the time at least
3: and and one thing the rule the proposal doesn't do this but the proposal that they put out the federal the uh, consumer financial protection bureau they wanted people to comment on something that i think is a really good idea i'm sure you know and your listeners know that in many cases there's grace periods for certain things most most landlords i think give you five days grace period to pay the to pay the rent there's a great a little grace period on the mortgage that sort of thing sure so they would like to come up with a potential rule. They're looking for comments right now that would say credit card customers, and they just picked a number that could be changed, a 15-day grace period after the due date before late fees can be assessed. Not one minute after midnight on the day that the money is due. Seriously, that's basically what it can be now. That It would be a 15 day grace period. So to give you a little slack, if you're traveling, if something goes wrong, just like it'll be with many of these other uh, uh, payments. I think that is a great idea. And I hope a lot of people comment to the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau and say that make it like everything else. That would be really, really good.
1: Yeah. Now, you know, you always uh, uh, every month when we when we talk to you, Herb, you're always kind enough to offer my listeners uh, and subscribers uh, a little extra like uh, bonus. Uh, and, uh, and and that kind of ties in with uh, the story I want to close with um, kind of with the with the uh, the eye doctors and things like that, because you guys rate the eye doctors and um, uh, and, and you are offering a, sort of a, a trial basis for my uh, for my listeners.
3: Absolutely. Not for the eye doctors, but for the no. ratings, for the ratings. Yes, the ratings <laughs> yeah. of the Not eye. Nice guy, but you know, a limited yeah. budget. So yeah. basically, the yeah. story in a nutshell is that a lot of people don't realize that after an eye exam, the doctor, the, basically the optometrist uh, the uh, or the ophthalmologist, must give you a copy of your prescription for free and with no strings attached, even if you don't ask for it. They are required by law. The Federal Trade Commission has the contact lens rule and the eyeglasses rule. They have to give you a copy of your prescription when you're done. And this Not, is that's, that's
1: amazing. I've never heard that before. That's unbelievable. I didn't well, know some that. some people I
3: talked to who went to the eye doctor recently said, I never got a prescription, well, and the deal is so you don't have to buy your lenses from the person who's looking at your eyes. It's to increase competition and bring prices down. You know, without this, you could never – it was very difficult to buy contact lenses online where there are such great prices because of volume, because you're sort of – you were sort of stuck with the eye doctor who was looking at your eye. Yeah. So they must do this. This is required by law. And the Federal Trade Commission sent warning notices, cease and desist letters they're called, to 25 eye doctors across the country. They didn't give the names, but basically said they're, this is like the shot over the bow to like, let the whole industry know we're watching you guys. They, yeah. you know, You're breaking the law, we think. And you better knock it off and if if you don't knock it off and we've come in and investigate and find out for real you 're doing it, uh, you face fifty thousand dollar fine per violation Ooh. so it 's a pretty serious violation, yeah, so uh, what we did is uh, you know we we run down the whole rule and why this is so important, and i didn 't realize this because I wear glasses but not contacts. A prescription for a, a lens like an eyeglasses lens is basically the the strength of the lens and that's it with the contact lens it's not only the manufacturer the brand but the shape and the thickness and the properties some are designed for people with dry eyes they let more oxygen in you can't just like imagine uh hey I, i'm gonna you can't take my contact lens prescription to get your contacts right. might be able to get my my glasses. If you had the same strength, they've got to be specifically written for the person. So this is why it's so important. And we have ratings that I'm going to give you the link to that. If you're interested in checking out, uh, eye doctors in your area, uh, or any other of the services that checkbook rates, and we check thousands of services, uh, Nick D podcast listeners are going to get a 30 day free trial. All you do is go to checkbook.org slash Nick D podcast. And the ratings are in these seven regions, Chicago, Minneapolis, St. Paul, Seattle, San Francisco, Boston, Philly, and Washington, D.C. If you live in one of those seven regions, you can get ratings for all sorts of things at checkbook.org slash nickdpodcast. We hope you will become a member and join us if you live in those areas and can get the ratings. But there's no obligation whatsoever. We do this as a public service and because, Nick, we frankly love you.
1: Oh, well, thanks. Checkbook.org slash nickdpodcast. And again, uh, make sure that you're aware. I mean, I, this is something that I didn't know. Um, I mean, I only wear readers, so I'm, I, I don't have prescription lenses or contacts or anything, so I didn't even know about this. But eye doctors are supposed to provide prescriptions for free, and it's required by law. So make sure you know yep. that. And that article, again, with all the details, is at checkbook.org. And if you want to uh, take advantage of all the really cool stuff that checkbook.org does, including all the ratings, including eye doctors, checkbook.org slash Nick D podcast exclusively uh, for my, uh, my listeners. Fantastic. Well, Herb, always a pleasure and please have a great uh have a great National Consumer Protection Week. I know it's your favorite week of the year.
3: Thank you and next time we talk Nick, you can sing happy birthday to me because oh. my birthday is in April. Your Birthday is in
1: April, okay, great. And it's not on, it's not like April 18th, is it? Because that would be really no. weird. No, no, I,
3: mean, <laughs> no. no. My birthday, okay. I my new date was April 1st, but I fooled mom, so I'll tell you when we talk to you next time,
1: okay? Great, Herb. Always a pleasure, my friend. You always, uh, you're always helping us out. And again, checkbook.org for all of the stuff that Herb is talking about, and checkbook.org slash nickdpodcast to take advantage of this 30 day free trial offer. And remember, those tips for National Consumer Pro- uh, Protection Week. Uh, take advantage of that. Herb, always a pleasure, my friend, and we will talk to you in, your, in April in your birthday month. Stay safe. Be well, Nick. All right, buddy. Take care. Uh, Herb Weisbaum, uh, he is the first part of For the People. The next part is our car guy, and that's Tom Appel. Let's talk to him.
0: Tom Appel. We're going to talk about costume. Tom Appel. in
1: Tom There he is. Again, fantastic theme song that we get to hear once a month. The first Tuesday of each month, which as we continue is for the people. We talked to Herb Weissbaum from uh, checkbook.org. Now it's time to talk to our main man, Tom Appel. He's our car guy from Consumer Guide Automotive. Always a pleasure to talk to Tom Appel. Hi, Tom. Hey. How are you, buddy?
2: I'm good. I'm good. Good, Thank you.
1: Good, good. Again, you're such a car guy that that's actually your handle on Twitter. People should follow you on Twitter. What's your, what's your twiddle, twiddle? What? Twitter, (laughs) Twitter handle. Uh, so everybody can follow you.
2: I am car guy, Tom, car underscore guy, underscore Tom or guy. What? Car, guy, car underscore guy <laughs> underscore Tom. Anyone can remember it.
1: <laughs> Even the guy who created it. That's right. Car <laughs> underscore guy underscore Tom. That's your That's Twitter what handle. I meant to say. Yeah. Also follow Tom all over the place on the social medias, including the Facebooks and all that cool stuff. We talk to Tom every uh, month about... Uh, car and if you have car related questions by the way uh you know we don't have uh, any this time uh but if you have any uh, you should actually call us and leave them or email us uh those things uh so uh to to, to get some questions answered for you but tom always talks cars uh i do want to mention um that i was so uh unbelievably thrilled to be a uh a guest on your podcast. You, you know, uh, it, it's, you, you're and always. Thank you. You're a guest on my podcast monthly. You've been a, a regular when I had the radio show over at the car wash for many, 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 many years. And it's always been fun to, to have you as a guest. But uh, the tables were turned and I was a guest on your podcast. First of all, tell everybody about the podcast, which is fantastic. And then we'll talk a little bit about uh, how much fun we had
2: yeah the consumer guide car stuff podcast new episodes drop every tuesday morning co-host jill simonillo she is a north american car of the year juror and she works over at pickup truck plus suv talk anyway we just try to cover the news as lightly as possible so if you're not super into cars you might have fun just learning about what's going on in the car world we do do car reviews and then we do our famous quiz which you took part in thank you i
1: did yes and uh and i had a blast and jill is jill is just lovely and charming and i and and she has such a cool job man uh, she does. She was like, when we were talking, she's like, yeah, I'm going out of town so I can drive cars around in the desert. Like I can test, I can be a badass driving around crazy ass cars in the middle of the desert. She's pretty cool. Where did you find her?
2: Uh, Jill and I have known each other for 20 years. We, sure. we've, both been, we've both been on the board of the Midwest Automotive Media Association. She used to be with the Sun-Times. Uh, she was with Pioneer Press before that. and yes. And she just always finds a place where she can work and talk about cars.
1: Well, she's great, man. Uh, uh, oh, thank she's you. Fantastic. I'll tell her. And, the, and you guys together are fantastic. Like a, a really you know, great camaraderie. And uh, it's fun to listen to you guys bounce off of each other. And it was also fun kind of behind the scenes because you guys poked fun at each other, too, as people who work together for 20 years do. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. Jill is deeply flawed. So I like to call that out. <laughs>
1: She's not here to defend herself, Tom. She can't defend herself right now. That's that's why you're taking these shots at her. She's a perfectly Uh, lovely woman. And uh, how how do you get a job driving cars in the desert? How do you get paid to travel around and then go, yeah, I'm going to be a badass and drive some cars like a maniac in the middle of the desert? How does that happen?
2: Yeah, she she is in an enviable position.
1: Yeah, very, very cool. Anyway, your podcast is great. Uh, Car Stuff Podcast. Again, all of this stuff you can find at uh, Consumer Guide Automotive uh you know the the blog the daily drive blog which we're going to be talking about and the podcast but i had a fantastic time uh uh tom as, as a guest it was so much fun we talked about uh car movies
2: we did yeah. yeah yeah and we're pretty much in agreement on those it turns out
1: yeah i had a ton of them though did i, I came with too much i think i uh because i just started rattling off titles like an idiot
2: we'll have to go back sometime we'll have to have you back and we can we can talk about specific movies
1: yeah, yeah, but it was fun, man. And the and the quiz was fun. Uh uh Jill beat me in the quiz. I'm not bitter
2: <laughs> at all. <laughs> she had a terrible run in 2022, so she's making up for it now. She
1: did. And she did uh she did actually during the conversation cuz she fully admitted during our conversation uh when we were talking about uh car movies that she's like not a movie person at all and 90% of the movies that we were talking about she had either never seen or even heard of. But then Right. She pulls out Harold and Maude. Like, one of the, right. you know, like, you would think, uh, you know, like, because we were saying, like, we were we were talking about movies that a lot of people, is like, she's never seen any of the Fast and the Furious movies. Right. Uh, uh, but she's seen Harold and Maude, which is, you know, an odd kind of a thing. And then also bringing up the, the, the hearse. Well, not I mean, what they did to it. Well, tell everybody about the, about the car in Harold and Maude. And I love the fact that she brought that up. Like, she said, nah, I never heard of that movie. Never heard of that. Fast and Furious. Never saw any of those movies. But I will talk about the hearse in Harold and Maude. I'm like, what? 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 This crazy, <laughs> obscure car in this crazy, you know, odd sort of midnight cult movie. But uh, tell, her, tell, tell everybody why she would bring up Harold and Maude.
2: Yeah, uh, one of the things about that movie, there's a lot of driving scenes in that movie, including a real hearse. But, but at one point, Harold, who suffers from depression and all sorts of other issues, including some mommy issues, uh, this, yeah. <laughs> he's a loner. Yeah. Takes a is is given is is gifted a Jaguar XKE by his mother, which he promptly turns into a hearse. Yeah. Even then, when those cars were new and available, a lot of people's stomachs turned to see a beautiful Jaguar XKE turned into a hearse. But the execution is pretty good, yeah. and there's a lot of scenes of him just tooling around in this Jaguar. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it's it's almost a character in the movie.
1: It is, and it's, it was so cool, Jill, to bring that one up because, like, I thought you know she's like I'm not going to be able to add anything to this conversation, and then all of a sudden she t- starts talking about Harold and one. I'm like, that's fantastic. I didn't even think of that
2: one. Out of nowhere, didn't see it coming.
1: Yeah, it did not, but it was great. And uh, and I understand that that actually, if, if uh, I, I want to make sure I'm correct on this, that's that's your daughter's favorite movie, *Harold and Maude*.
2: She loves that movie. Yeah, we've seen it together three or four times. And, and frankly, I love that movie too.
1: Well, what's not to love? It is. A, yeah. it's it's a classic. Well, anyway, I had a great time uh, on your podcast. And I'm when glad. do Thank when you. do when do new episodes drop? Actually.
2: Uh, every Tuesday morning. Actually, late Monday night, but I don't want to promise too much. So we right. say Tuesday morning.
1: Tuesday morning, and then on Monday though you're live. Like people can actually hear it live.
2: We are live on the Talk Zone Radio Network. So if people Talk want Zone to tune in, Talk Zone three p.m. Central Time.
1: Right, and I had a great time. Thank you again for having me. And and uh, and My I pleasure. and I want to thank I want to thank the Talk Zone people for giving me a coffee mug. That was yeah. very nice. I got a for appearing on your uh, on your podcast. I got a coffee mug out of the deal. You've never Which gotten anything. Cool. You've never gotten anything from me. What the hell?
2: No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got a theme song. I did get a theme you song. You do
1: have a theme song. You know what? At the are you gonna be able to make it out on March twenty eighth to our Zany show with Rich Coase, uh, I Ghoulie? Oh, awesome. Wouldn't you miss know what yeah. I will g- I will get you a Nick D coffee mug. Whoa, I promise excellent. I will get you a Nick D podcast coffee mug. You got me a coffee mug, I will get you a coffee mug uh, for 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 appearing and, and making my podcast better. So, there Your
2: coffee it mug will appear in all of my Zoom calls.
1: Oh, that's awesome. I appreciate that. I'll give it to you the next time you come, and it'll be on Tuesday, March 28th. How about that? We got Rich Coe's, Tom.
2: Which is cool, which how is great. Do,
1: how, did that, how the hell did that happen? I just called him. I was like, hey, Rich, I don't know. You know I'm doing this thing. He's like, yeah, I'll do it. And I was like, what? So Sven Gulli, <laughs> man. Sven Gulli. So it's going to be great. Um, so I, now, another behind-the-scenes thing. Not only did I go out to you guys, uh, you guys broadcast from Aurora. Uh, um, from Palatine. I'm sorry, Palatine Aurora. Why the hell yeah. did I say Aurora? What the hell is wrong with me? Palatine. Yes. And, yeah. uh, and I went out to Palatine. Um, and then you were kind enough to give me a ride home afterwards. Yeah. And in that car, when you drive, you know, as we, as we all know, you test drive a lot of cars constantly for consumer guide automotive. Cause you know, that's your job. Yep, and I yep. actually got a ride. I actually rode in one of the cars that you drove this week.
2: Yeah. So yeah, tell us Nissan about. The Nissan Rogue.
1: Yeah. So tell me about your experience. That It was a fine ride when I was in it. I enjoyed it.
2: Oh, I like that car a lot. The Nissan Rogue, very popular. It's Nissan's most popular vehicle. It's a compact crossover. As you saw, a nice interior, decent audio system. But one of the interesting things about that car is, is it's really the only good application right now of a three cylinder engine in something that large. So it's returning really good fuel economy as well. Wait,
1: um, that's only a three. That thing is only a three cylinder
2: 1.5 liter turbocharged three. Uh, wow. of power surprisingly, but the problem with threes is is that they're inherently throbby and they make weird noise. But but Nissan has well contained that. Um, Chevy has a three cylinder in its trailblazer, Ford does in the uh, the escape. And in both cases, those threes aren't very good, they make a lot of noise, they're throbby. The stop start systems, which are just things we have to deal with these days not good in those but the but Nissan nailed it it's a really sweet car well it was it was
1: it was a pleasure to ride in for the whatever 45 minutes uh, that that I was in the car or so yeah that was great so it was fun to ride and you and you drove that around uh for how long
2: a week I I get cars Monday to Monday
1: Monday to Monday okay so that was your first day then in that car then right
2: it was it was ah. yeah
1: and i and i felt weird cuz i got in and it was so clean i was like i can't even stop <laughs> do you ever feel that way tom when you're driving these cars cuz i got in there and i was like shit i got to take my shoes off or something right i mean i felt <laughs> it was raining that day too and i was like oh
2: i was so used to it so jaded by getting clean cars that i'm i'm often just sort of upset when i have to get into someone else's car and they haven't vacuumed in a month <laughs>
1: You know, you ought to keep this car up a little bit better. I mean, my God, yeah. man. Yeah. I just felt, I, I, and you came in, you had like a drink, you put it in the holder, and I was like, oh, man, I don't even know if I want to touch anything. I just feel like, you know, but you were right at home, man. And uh, and it was interesting to drive with you. I was always, cu- I, was, I was like, okay, this is going to be curious. I'm curious about how Tom drives. You're a good driver. <laughs>
2: I try, I try to be. There's not a lot of fun to be had going down the, the Jane Adams to true. the Kennedy at four in the afternoon.
1: <laughs> right. We didn't. Know, it's not like you know what Jill's doing in the middle of the desert right now. We no. were going down the Kennedy. Yeah, that's not not a lot of fun. Well, anyway. Uh, so okay. And uh, anything else uh, that you you started driving something? Then you would, or did you start driving something today or yesterday?
2: Uh, I just got the Hyundai Santa Fe calligraphy. Well, wait, wait, uh, wait, wait, be- wait, 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 wait,
1: <laughs> wait, wait, the car, the car is, called, the car is called the
2: calligraphy. That's the top trim level. Yeah. And uh, just to be clear, manufacturers are running out of good names for, oh, really? for top trim levels. Yeah, You think?
1: <laughs> <laughs> so when you look at the car, does it look weird? Does it take you a while to go? Oh, wait, that's a car because it's <laughs> because it doesn't quite look like, you know, because when you look at calligraphy, you're like, oh, is that writing? is that actually yeah, it's. The, oh okay
2: the car is designed in cursive so no one under 20 can read it
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, or drive it <laughs> or
2: drive it yeah
1: oh okay outside of the name so i mean it's new you haven't really driven it around a lot yet but what have you heard about the car and how does it look
2: oh i drove the 2022 and it hasn't been much changed uh it's an excellent vehicle actually Okay. Um, it's, yeah, it's a really good price point. And, and the calligraphy trim level, silly as its name is, is actually a convincing luxury vehicle. Yeah. So for the money, if you don't mind not having a luxury name, not a bad way to go.
1: One of them, what's, what What are we, what's that going for? What are you going to drop?
2: That is probably going to be about 44,000. Well, that's not terrible. No, not terrible. No, no,
1: not terrible. I mean, I can't afford it, but it's not terrible. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, all right, man, I, you know, I, I, have you ever talked with people from the car industry about where the names come from? Have you ever done a story on that? And I'm, I'm assuming you probably have a consumer guide where it's like, where did the names of these cars come from? Has anybody ever done like a historical study about the origins of some of these ridiculous car names?
2: Um, people have done stories. I haven't done a story, but I need to do one about the cars of Oldsmobile because we have the madness. And I actually did address this in a... In a ad piece I did about the fact that 900 different dip models were named Cutlass at some point, yeah. But also, we was famous for taking words that sounded close to words and making them model names that weren't quite words, like Achieva <laughs> and Sierra spelled wrong. So you think it's Sierra like Sierra Nevada, but they spell it with a C. And you're like, where where is this coming from?
1: <laughs> we had a Cutlass. We had a few Cutlasses. My dad uh, when I was when we were growing up. Uh, the yeah, Cutlass, my dad had Cutlasses. Yeah, yeah, we had a Cutlass Supreme. You know, it uh-huh. was a uh, like a I don't know what year it was seventy something Cutlass Supreme. Um, my dad for for a while, um, my dad was getting a company car uh, for a while in lieu of actually you know making money that we could you know buy stuff like food and stuff. So in lieu of that they <laughs> gave they gave, <laughs> they gave a company car. <laughs> like yeah you can't pay your rent but here's a car. So um, but we had like a Cutlass uh, you know a couple of Cutlasses. They were Oldsmobile. I don't know if, if the I don't know I have no idea how a vending company had a con you know had a connection with oldsmobile but those were the cars that my dad they were oldsmobiles the company car uh-huh. um and i'll never forget this and i'll have to tell you this whole story sometime uh, i'll briefly say this woke up on christmas morning one year and i want to say it was 1978 maybe christmas okay. morning 1978 and we open up a presents, and uh my dad's like all right i'm gonna take the the wrapping paper garbage and stuff out throw it out and then uh, we'll come back and we'll have some breakfast and whatever you know continue to celebrate uh-huh. uh, Christmas. So my dad goes out to throw the the paper out the, you know stuff out and he comes back into the apartment he goes, "Um, hey, um someone stole the the doors off our car." <laughs> and I'm like, "What?" And they <laughs> did. Someone cuz we Uh-oh. used to when I lived what I lived on I grew up on on a house so you could see it. It's 1825 West Addison. It's the greenhouse right next to the Brown Line Addison stop. So I grew up at Addison and Ravenswood. And the L tracks oh. were, the L tracks were literally like 75 feet away from our apartment. Like I could look out my bedroom window and see the people standing on the platform of the Addison stop. And so underneath the L tracks back in the seventies, you could park under there. You know what I mean? It wasn't right. like, you could just park it. So we parked, we, we parked the cars and our neighbors would park their cars underneath there. That was just like the dirt lot underneath the L tracks where you would park your car. You didn't need any money. It wasn't, you know, like it was just, you parked there. And uh, someone – my dad went out to throw – someone had moved the car all the way to the back of the alley because the alley was in the back and removed the doors. And that's all they took. They didn't steal the car. They didn't strip the rest of it. They took
2: the doors off
1: of an Oldsmobile Cutlass Supreme.
2: Wow, that's crazy. And doors aren't that easy to pull off. They took them and it was on Christmas Eve.
1: So they moved the car and they they stripped the, like the trans, the trans was screwed because they stripped it and pushed it all the way back. So they took all the, Uh. all the, all the time to move the car all the way back where it wasn't really lit in the back alley area next to the car wash that used to be next door. And they took the doors. They, they, we went outside I looked, the doors were gone from the, (laughs) from the car. They stole just the doors. Not, have you ever heard of that like cars get stripped all the time and they have now catalytic converters are gone every 15 minutes right uh right. you know that's a thing but it, have you ever heard of just like off of a uh, uh, off of a uh, a cutlass supreme oldsmobile like a 77 maybe doors stole just the doors
2: it 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 makes some sense because The the Cutlass Supreme was, uh, and and any Cutlass were very similar to cars from Buick and from from Chevrolet and from Pontiac. So the doors could be used on any of those if the paint matched. But the doors are a little difficult to remove. You think they'd steal the wheels because those could be put on anything.
1: Or they'd steal Um, the car.
2: Or the stereo. Yeah, or the whole car.
1: Yeah. I mean, steal the car, take it back to the chop shop, go nuts. But you're under the L Tracks on Addison. Six blocks from Wrigley Field, taking the doors off of a car on christmas Eve i't I, I mean it's still the strangest the cops came out. they dusted for fingerprints, you know, and all that stuff, and then so my dad got a rental car you know they they uh, not a rental well yeah uh, uh i can't remember what do we do you call it a rental car or whatever yeah in yeah. between while the car was being and so they and and uh, and that car broke down on New Year's Eve. I'll never forget. It, it was a horrible holiday season. That car. It was like a horrible <laughs> blizzard or something that that year. And their car broke down in the middle of nowhere and like had to be towed. They didn't get home till six o'clock in the morning. It was horrible. It was the worst Christmas season ever. And then when we got the car back, the doors never worked properly. They were they had the electric windows at that time, which was like a you know a, a treat. Uh huh. And yeah. they didn't work. You know what I mean? It was just it never worked. So, yeah, so that's my my big memory about the Cutlass Supreme was the doors were stolen from that car.
2: I'm thinking, too, like the guy that stole the doors, you know, he probably told his wife, like, I'm going out. I'll be back in an hour. And, and she thinks he's coming back with a ham maybe for Christmas <laughs> Eve. And he's got Oldsmobile doors. Honey, I got a couple of car
1: doors for us. Merry Christmas. Don't say I didn't get you anything. (laughs) i mean seriously one of the weirdest things ever like my my dad i thought he was joking because you know my dad he tells
2: jokes right he comes
1: upstairs and my mom and i are like you know like looking you know i'm looking at my new whatever toys or whatever you know i'm like i'm like 13 12 13 years old or something when this happened i'm looking at my stuff and you know and my mom's like gonna get ready to make breakfast and he comes in he goes you know the doors are gone from our from our car we're (laughs) like we we thought he was joking then we went down there we could actually see through the car i was like what so, anyway, I thought I'd share that with you. That's my Cutlass story. That's a,
2: <laughs> that's a good Cutlass story. Yeah. Well, not good, but no, it's not a good, good story. Well, it is now. Yeah. We can
1: laugh about it now, but my God. And then I'm telling you, that New Year's Eve, you know, and the car, that, the, the piece of crap that they gave my dad, you know, while the rental, while the car was being repaired, our car was being repaired, was just a piece of junk. And, and, it, and if, I can't, if I remember correctly, that may have been, you know what I mean? That, I think it was 78, because that's when the 79, the blizzard happened
3: was in okay, January yeah. of
1: 79, and we had a really horrible, cold, snowy winter, and and that New Year's Eve was a nightmare, and my parents were like, they were stuck down, I don't even know, we're in the middle of nowhere, I just remember it was not, it was not pleasant, it was not a pleasant holiday season, so, anyway.
2: Oh, man. Yeah. Have you ever had, have you
1: ever had a car stolen from you, or stripped, or anything like that?
2: I have not. My my podcast co-host, Jill, actually had a car uh, stolen from her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that was pretty shocking and it was a test car too so that was oh quite no the, uh, oh yeah no. well yeah. what is that what is it,
1: happens then so what if you see you you've got your calligraphy out there right now what what, <laughs> what happens if somebody steals your calligraphy other than them not being able to read it what
2: uh, uh not that much i have to file a report i've got to do everything like it was my own vehicle but but yeah. ultimately i'll just be without a vehicle for a while right um Wow. which is a problem and then manufacturers reconsider lending vehicles in the area <laughs> which now, that terrible. would
1: make sense yeah of course yeah yeah. We, yeah of course if there's a if there's like a history of like oh well, 14 cars got stolen from that area let's not give them another one that makes right sense. hey uh, you know what i just i don't know uh, this just coming up why are people stealing catalytic converters especially on the northwest side on my in my neighborhood <laughs> my neighborhood seems to be like you know, my neighborhood and a little bit further west of where I live seems to be like the, the epicenter of catalytic converter stealing. What's going on?
2: Yeah, I don't know why your neighborhood is especially hot for this, but it might be the type of vehicle. But catalytic converters are being ripped off because they are filled with expensive stuff, and that's mostly platinum and palladium. And unbelievably, that can be harvested. So the the, the replacement of a catalytic converter might set you back between nine hundred and two thousand dollars uh but but someone who steals one it seems like they're getting about two hundred three hundred bucks for them um and and they they turn those over to disreputable firms that that can harvest the palladium and the platinum and, and right. resell that
1: wow okay so it's it's it, in other words it's like you can get you can get a fast you can get a fast buck is it is it difficult to take a, a catalytic converter because it's they're under the car right you have to get under the car correct
2: yeah what people do is just saw off the uh Um, the exhaust pipe really far forward so it's just easy to remove and then there's just one or two hangers so it's pretty easy to do and it's easier to do if it's on something like a crossover or an suv because there's more space for them to crawl under the vehicle and right and get to hack sign
1: yeah wow and i know it's been seriously it's been like a weird because they did in the in the local you know uh newspapers and stuff here in the neighborhood they did like full reports on like how they were you know all the addresses where people have reported that their catalytic converters have been ripped off, and they're all kind of around the same area on the northwest side. I don't know what it is, but there's a group of guys out there, a group of people out there who are like, yeah, let's go get those catalytic converters. Crazy.
2: Yeah, and, and they can do it pretty quickly. If it, if it's like two people and they know what they're doing, they can do it pretty quickly.
1: I don't know. if you know, They're not as skilled as the old days when these guys are taking doors off cars on Christmas Eve. That's, <laughs> I
2: think that's a, little, that's a little more
1: skilled, quite frankly. So, yeah. Uh, anyway. Uh Consumer Guide uh, Automotive, tell everybody about Consumer Guide Automotive uh, again and uh, and about the Daily uh, Drive blog.
2: Yeah, you can just find us at ConsumerGuide.com. Just go there. Uh, that's where all our reviews live. You can go to our blog for our long-form reviews, the fun stuff I try to do with classic cars and, and car culture and car history, uh, and then any news that's coming out as well.
1: Got it. Hey, uh, did we talk about um, how the Chicago—no, we haven't talked about how the Chicago Auto Show was. Um, apparently it was very good. Okay, did you? I not mean, go? My,
2: no, no. My take was was excellent, but but yeah. apparently people attended too. The number I've got now, more or less official, is that 100,000 more people attended this year than last. Holy
1: year. cow! Wow. So that's good. That's solid. Well, your experience. What 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 were the standouts for you, and what was it like to to be back full on this time? Uh, to
2: the to yeah, the... the electric thing now, more real than ever, like Chevrolet had its its electric equinox and electric blazer on display. Those mm-hmm. are going to be delivered this year, so that was pretty cool to see. Uh, all the test tracks were running, which was nice. Uh, but a lot of electrification one, one of the interesting things that's happening at the auto shows lately is that manufacturers are not showing their full lineups, they're showing the stuff they want you to see. So a few fewer cars on basically the same space. Uh, with more attention to newer, perhaps more expensive or more popular vehicles, but if you wanted to go to the to the the auto show and see like the uh, the Hyundai Accent, which is their cheapest little sedan, wasn't there, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're a little bit more limited, but but the, if you're shopping for something popular, you'll find it there, and you can cross shop, and it's cool.
1: So it turned out well then, and 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 oh, among yeah. the, among the people like in your business in the car world, everybody was like great job uh with with uh, this year's chicago auto show
2: yeah one of the things that that winers in my industry tend to get bummed out about is is a lack of reveals at the auto show and right. and that's that's that would be an announcement that happens from the floor of the auto show and you're seeing that it doesn't matter on which show detroit chicago la new york there are fewer and fewer of those and manufacturers have decided it seems uh, to make announcements in isolation of the auto show so that they can get all the attention as opposed to sharing it with five or six other announcements. Yeah, It doesn't matter if you're going to attend the show because the car will be there. Uh, but, oh. but if you're covering the show, you want to see some news because you're covering the show. And
1: what is that? So for someone in your in your position in, in uh, covering this kind of stuff, is that a pain in the neck when they don't do it? Is it, it's, it? It's obviously easier for you if announcements and reveals are made in under one roof at McCormick Place, correct?
2: It is because then we could package the whole thing as our coverage of the auto show. Right. And it's nice. Uh, but, but but ultimately, you're going to cover the announcement no matter what. You know, if Ford does a brand new version of the F-150, it, it doesn't matter if it happens at the Detroit auto show or if it happens in their backyard a month later. People are going to cover it because it's news. Right.
1: Okay. But it's just easier if we're all under It is easier. Yeah. When's the next uh, – what city and when is the next auto show?
2: Uh, the New York auto show is coming up and that is usually early April. I don't know, have the exact date in front of me, but it's coming up soon. Okay.
1: And, 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 uh, do the auto shows that happen in one calendar year, are they all kind of similar? Do they all showcase the same cars? Do some, do some cities, you know, get a, get a leg up on other cities?
2: Yeah. One of the reasons that Detroit moved from January to the middle of summer, actually late summer, was that it was getting squeezed out by the Consumer Electronics Show, which I guess we now just call CES, and that's become a full-on auto show as well. Uh, but CES tends to cover tech and electric vehicles, Chicago, very mainstream vehicles, like th- just things that you and I or mom and dad might drive. New York tends to be luxury vehicles, and L.A. has found itself becoming the the electric car show. So makers that don't show up in other markets, like Fisker and Tesla, uh, often have a presence at the L.A. show.
1: Okay. All right. I mean, obviously, your favorite has got to be Chicago, correct?
2: Oh, yeah, great show. And it's also the best venue. McCormick Place is a great place to see an auto show. Yeah, very cool.
1: Okay. All right, cool. So that turned out great. All right, uh, let's get to some of the, some of the stuff that, uh, that you were like, hey, let's talk about this. And I have to, we have to lead with this ridiculous commercial uh, that you That's fantastic. <laughs> I mean, glorious. Three-minute ad. And people can see it um, at Consumer Guide Automotive at the, uh, at the Daily Drive blog, correct? Yes. Okay. Tell me about it. It's uh, a 1960 ad for Ford unveiling three cars for 1960. Uh, first of all, where'd you find this? Explain the whole thing. And we, we are going to listen to some of the glorious audio from this.
2: So what I usually do when I do a car gallery, and I love to do galleries of different old cars and, and, and ads from a model year or a body type or something like that, just yeah. because I love classic ads, especially classic print ads that were drawings and not photographs, Yeah, but When I do something like a model year, say like 1960, I like to include a commercial, an actual television commercial. But I stumbled across this and it was too good. It was too good to just bury in with a bunch of other stuff. This is an ad for the 1960 Ford lineup. And it's a three-minute ad that would have run before a TV show. And the interesting thing is this was probably a TV show that was entirely sponsored by Ford. Yeah. Like they were the sole sponsor of the show because that's the way that stuff used to work. Right. But this ad is just wonderfully over the top. It takes place on some rolling green outside of a, 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 a an observatory. And there's gathered people in evening wear, tuxedos and evening gowns, waiting for the arrival of the Fords. And the 60 Fords do not disappoint because they arrive as meteors.
1: They do. Yes, they do. Uh, let me yeah. let me let me play the the opening of it. This is just the opening for, for people who don't know and and what you mentioned in there is like it's it's like got this weird sort of like sort of Disney touch to it, like Disney animation where these right. meteor these meteors come out of the sky because that's why they're there. I guess you know they're at a planetarium, so they're like at yep. an observatory. Waiting for the cars to come from space <laughs> in their evening wear, uh, in their tuxes and stuff. It's it's a fabulous commercial. But let me just play the uh, the opening here, and then uh, uh, just we'll 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 go from there. Here's the, here's the...
0: You are about to know the thrill of seeing that which has never been seen before. You are about to enter a beautiful, exciting, wonderful new world—the world of 1960. For the first time in history, you'll see not one, not two, but three completely new kinds of Ford cars for 1960.
1: Right. That's the setup. (laughs) And that little noise you heard was the meteors, right, coming down, and then the car appearing.
2: And, and the people there were not concerned enough about being burned by the meteors.
1: <laughs> no, no. Or like messing up their tuxes. They did, definitely right. didn't want to. Uh, and it's just so insane and surreal. And so that's the setup. And then the three cars were the Galaxy, the Thunderbird, and the Falcon, correct? Yes, yes. All right. I have the little theme song for each. Here's the first. Here's the first. This is the
0: way they do the Live a wondrous new life in the fords of a lifetime. The finest new fords of a lifetime. In a beautiful, wonderful new world of fords. Beautiful from any point of view. Right.
1: That's the generic.
2: It's so, <laughs> so good. It's fantastic.
1: And and again, the setup is like these people are, there's like, I don't know, there are like 100 people there. Full on tuxes and gowns, you know, cocktails, just wandering around by these three cars. And by the way, the the color scheme of the cars—they're all white, all three of the cars. Yeah, yeah. What's the thinking there? You think?
2: I don't know exactly. It's interesting too that the wheels are painted white, which is yeah. an, an odd decision because often that was considered the look of a more affordable vehicle, uh, maybe even well, a cheaper vehicle. Right, like right. the Falcon on the left in the image here. If people see it. Uh, so I don't know why they went with the white.:
1: Yeah, and, and, and yeah, and it's funny because like, it's, you would think, oh man, all these rich people who can afford you know, you know to, to hang out of the planetarium during the end of the world." Uh, it's fantastic. Um, <laughs> all right here's the next uh, this is, I guess, the introduction of the Thunderbird.
0: Thunderbird the finest of fine cars the 1960 Thunderbird. The the I wish it
1: were my car, the Thunderbird. That's my favorite lyric. <laughs> they include they, they include envy in the song. I... <laughs> oh man! No, so what what do you what's your thought on the 60 Thunderbird that that vehicle?
2: Oh, uh, that that's funny. That vehicle is actually not new. Uh, the other two vehicles the Galaxy which is the full size Ford's those are completely redesigned for 60 and the Falcon's actually being introduced here it's really yeah. the first smaller so, compact Ford ever uh, so it's kind of big news
1: so they so but, but the, the Thunderbird, but the was Thunderbird just like, let's just throw yeah, that just in just sitting there yeah <laughs> all right well here's the unveiling of the Falcon okay here, here we go size Ford
0: the Falcon the, falcon, the new size for falcon you'll find that the new size for falcon's the easiest car in the wide world to own here's full comfort for six adults in a car that'll give you up to 30 miles a gallon
1: right what the hell does <laughs> it's the easiest car to own
2: mean what does that mean I think that just means it's affordable. Oh, I see. Uh, okay. Also, those six people are going to be very unhappy. They're gonna wish it was four people.
1: <laughs> I was just gonna ask about the six people in <laughs> in ball gowns? No way. Yeah, no. Oh no. man. And the music is so and you mentioned it in the in the article, it's very Disney like. Yeah. It has that very sort of wonderful world of Disney feel to it, and the music swells up and it's just The unveiling of 19. Okay, here's the big finish. This is, I think this might be my favorite part. Here's the big finish of the conversion.
0: There's a big, wide, wonderful world of new force. Newly proportioned for you force. A beautiful, wonderful, beautiful, wonderful, beautiful, wonderful new world of force.
1: Wow, huh? (laughs)
0: <laughs>
1: that's man. amazing where did you find this commercial again and by, by the way you can it's three minutes long i and you know yeah. i mean yeah, as you as you said if you want to see the whole thing and i highly highly encourage that you check it out at uh, at consumer guide automotive in the blog um to watch the whole three minutes because it's glorious
2: but where did you find this thing uh, i just found it on youtube when i was looking around for ford ads from 1960 i found the ford ad from 1960 man amazing
1: amazing so what do you think do you, that now has anybody did, did were those cars popular were those were those was, was the galaxy and the falcon i mean thunderbird we already know the galaxy and the falcon were they popular did they take off thanks to that glorious
2: three minutes uh exceedingly popular yeah really I think the galaxy yeah the galaxy might have been the best-selling car of 1960 and the falcon which no one knew how well it was going to do as a compact car and it's kind of new territory um for for detroit automakers but that was very successful as well Okay. Wow. Well, uh, that was just,
1: that's quite a fine Tom. I had, a, I had a fantastic time watching it several times and, uh, <laughs> and I had to play some of that amazing music. Uh, so everybody check that out. That's great. And the, uh, another one that you, uh, that you talk about is that there's a Volvo, but this is a print ad. Uh, tell yeah. us about the, Vo, about the 1970 Volvo print ad that you, that you shared on a uh, consumer he, guide.
2: Yeah. There was a time when Volvo was getting a bit smarmy about things. And <laughs> and oh, really? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Totally in keeping with Volvo owner type. Uh, <laughs> but they read an ad, the headline of which was Fat Cars Die Young. Right. And there's a picture, the lead picture in the ad is a 1966 Dodge rotting away in a junkyard. Right, uh, and, and they make you a mentioned pretty this, good point. You mentioned
1: this You mentioned this Monday when I was on your, uh, last Monday when I was on your podcast, you mentioned it. Yeah. 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 I,
2: I do love this ad. And, and they make the point because Volvos at the time were, were more properly sized relative to american full-size cars that were galaxy sized as it were Um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah this is this is more falcon size actually but they were roomy and they were comp but they were compact and they had smaller engines and they were lighter and they were also a little bit louder and a little bit rougher but but they make the point that a car that is properly uh, properly outfitted might last longer, and they're probably not wrong, yeah. especially because American build quality wasn't great at the time either. But it's just a funny ad because now, and I, I think I point this out in the ad, any Volvo weighs as much as any other car. There's no oh, right. escaping it. But, the, uh, the, but yeah, so at one point, as, I guess. The Volvos are yeah. just
1: as fat as any other car. That's, that's Yeah, it, but
2: they were fat-shaming back in 1970. They
1: were. Look at that. And it wasn't just one ad. It was a series. I'm looking at <laughs> Yeah, a few of these. Are amazing. Now, but was and I don't know why this popped into my head. Was um, was that uh, you, you remember the movie Crazy People with um, uh, Dudley Moore?
2: Oh yeah, yeah.
1: Where he went nuts and he worked for an ad office. He worked for an ad agency and he started doing honest ads. And yeah. one of them was, for, if I'm not mistaken, one of them was for Volvo, and the ad was, they're boxy, but they're nice. Is was 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 If I'm not mistaken. I don't, You have to look that one up, Tom. Um from from the movie Crazy People, if I'm not mistaken, because Dudley Moore starts being I have, I have
2: seen that scene, yeah, and I believe they showed a Volvo wagon, which yeah. at the time, um, <laughs> late 80s, early 90s, yeah. uh, and into the aughts, Volvos were extremely angular and square.
1: Yeah, I just remember that. Uh, I, I remember the movie not being very good except for – the fake ads that he creates, like when the ad agency actually starts being honest, very very funny stuff. And I remember the Volvo thing being the funniest thing in the movie. Like they're boxy, but they're nice. <laughs> uh, and indeed, Volvos were boxy, no question about yep. it. All right, well, some of those ads you can find all those things, uh, the the Volvo ad and the Ford uh, commercial and all that cool stuff. Tell me about the uh, the the new the Buick Electra, the the twenty twenty five. Uh, E5? 2025 already yeah, yeah already my god okay a couple of years down the road here
2: yeah we're getting some early looks at, at coming buick simply because they arrive in china now before they do in the u.s and buick a lot of people may know this is much more popular in china than it is in the u.s they sell more cars over there under the buick banner but buick has is one of those companies that is promised to be completely electric by 2030 uh, and this will be the first electric vehicle. And our the U.S. version of this car will look very much like the car pictured here. And that is the Buick Electra E5. So a lot of interesting bits here. The, e, the, the Electra name is back. Classic name from Buick's past. They're going to use it for all their electric vehicles plus a suffix. So this one's the E5. Mm-hmm. And this vehicle which comes for 20, it's going to be, it's going to arrive early in 2024 as a 2025 uses General Motors Ultium platform. And it's built in the old Spring Hill factory where they used to build Saturns, um, which is interesting in itself, but this vehicle shares its basic architecture with a bunch of GM electrics coming soon, including the Cadillac Lyric, the Chevrolet Blazer, um, and then cars that uh, General Motors will be building for Honda and Acura, the Honda Prologue and the Acura RD. RDX I think it's called RDX Mm -hmm. Um, and those are all coming soon so this is a very early glimpse at the electrification of Buick kind of a good looking car I like that color Mm -hmm.
1: okay and and uh, how what what are manufacturers and and car companies doing to to make electric cars more appealing to people because I mean is there still sort of a stigma about electric cars for that that people have to get over old school people?
2: Yeah, there is. And, and a lot of people are worried about range. So range is a number that they're working on building up. And if it can't be range, it should be fast charging, which is another thing that you can promise people. But one of the things we're seeing increasingly, though, where where early on you take a car like the Nissan Leaf or the Chevrolet Volt, and they looked very different. And it turns out that the appeal of a weird-looking car wasn't working for people who intended to buy electrics. Yeah, uh, It seems like, like styling... It could be pretty extrovertedly styled, but but it can't be weird. Like Tesla's doing really well with with a series of good looking cars that don't scream electric.
1: Mm, okay, Uh I think we talked about this the last time you were on. Have you seen the? Yeah, you saw the the Kevin Bacon commercial.
2: I I have yes for
1: the electric for the electric car. I find that incredibly appealing, and, and I wonder if that's working. Do you think? I you know is Kevin Bacon the right guy to sell electric cars? Do you think?
2: It works for me, just as an old guy. You know, yeah. a guy my age who's who's sort of into it, even if he doesn't fully understand it. Yeah, it's it's almost charming. It's cute. Uh, yeah. I think it works really well. I think, it's and great. that's and it's, a great looking car.
1: It's it, it. Yeah, I mean, it looks cool, and also, I mean, you know, it helps that his daughter's adorable too, and she's fantastic. Right, and uh, and she's like right, really big right now because of that horror that smile horror movie. Uh, she was the star of, so she's. Uh, She's out on her. I, I just love that commercial, and I see it a lot when I go to movies. They show it before trailers a lot when I go to, uh, to certain theaters. So that's,
2: that's yeah. been a lot of fun. So. I'm guessing it's very effective.
1: Yeah. Well, speaking of stars, you see how I segue, Tom? I'm a, <laughs> I'm a pro, dude. I am a pro. Uh, let's talk about Star Spotter. This is when you, I, and I love this about you, you take pictures and screenshots of famous people on old television shows, particularly Westerns. Who have you been spotting, and tell me a little bit about those adventures that you've been having lately?
2: Yeah, a couple of good ones in the last month or so. I saw Cloris Leachman. And Cloris Leachman shows up in a lot of Westerns. And it's weird to see Cloris Leachman as young and playing somebody evil. But she played a very, very evil character on Gunsmoke, uh, which was fun to watch. And I have to confess that young Cloris Leachman, kind of cute. I'm just, oh, I'm just yeah. saying. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That was yeah. not
2: her role later in life. But yeah. But, yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, no, she was, she was fantastic. Who else?
2: Uh Buddy Hackett on the Big Valley, and this just a cartoonish adventure. Uh he was a con man, but he never he never believed anyone would really be conned by Buddy.
1: Yeah. Was he, was he, did he tell bad jokes?
2: No, he told um um oh Heath. He told Heath Barkley that he was his dad. What? Think, which, yeah, that was his scam. That he was really Heath's dad and that Heath had no claim to the Berkeley fortune. Uh, <laughs> And Heath was going to do the noble, noble thing and move out, so the other brothers had to prove that Buddy Hackett was a fraud. Wow.
1: Okay. Some crazy stuff Yeah, episode stuff kind on. of wrote
2: itself, yeah.
1: Yeah. All right. Any other, uh, any other stars that you've spotted?
2: Pa- Paul Drake, uh, the investigator, uh, Perry Mason's investigator from Perry Mason, showed up on Gunsmoke as a really bad outlaw, common kind of jerk con man, uh, which he was really good at. It was a good episode.
1: Wow. Okay. It's it's interesting, you know, uh, as you know, uh, as I, as we mentioned earlier, you know, uh, Rich Coase is going to be my guest at my next uh, live yeah. podcast event. And uh, one of the huge running gags now on every episode of Sven Gulli is that when he talks about stars from any of the movies that he shows, inevitably someone, at least one or two people in the cast have appeared on Perry Mason. And that's become like, <laughs> that's become like a, g- now, uh, do you ever watch Perry Mason? Do you ever watch uh, that, that show?
2: I I I never watch Perry Mason on purpose, but if I catch it on, I end up sitting down and watching it. I love yeah. Perry Mason.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, well, that's 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 become a gag. If you want to spot, I guess if you want to spot some old stars, man, they're all over Perry Mason. It's become a running gag, where he plays the music bite all the time now. Uh, Rich does. It'll go, da that, uh, that music bite. That's become a punchline <laughs> now on Rich's show. It's fantastic.
2: So. That's good music. Yeah, I recently saw Werner Klemperer on Barry Mason. So everyone literally has been on that show.
1: I saw him on an episode of Hollywood Squares, and it was just really Whoa, weird. And like every time weird. I see him and he doesn't have a monocle, I'm like, who is that? What? You know what I mean? <laughs> and that it's not dude like-
2: was... Yeah. That dude was like injured like like broken property. Like he was really <laughs> upset about what the Nazis had done World yeah. War II. It yeah. was really keen to play evil Germans. Yeah. Absolutely. He was, a, he was a weird guy. Damaged goods.
1: Guy. damaged goods is right. Hey, speaking of damaged goods, how about those cars? Anyway. Uh those catalytic <laughs> those catalytic converters or those car or those car doors that are being stolen. So, uh do a little research uh Tom. Uh, maybe the next time we talk to see if uh, if there was a run on the popularity of Cutlass Supreme doors in the 70s.
2: I will. It's probably something that's knowable, actually. <laughs> I,
1: can't, I don't know, but they, it really happened, Tom. Really. I can't believe I never told you that. All these years I've known you, I've never told you the Christmas morning, the car doors have been stolen story.
2: That'll ruin your holiday. <laughs> it did. It did.
1: <laughs> All right, Tom. Always a pleasure, my friend. Everybody check out Consumer Guide Automotive, and we will talk to you next month, buddy, okay? Sounds good. Thanks. All right, man. See you later. Uh, Tom Appel, everybody, he's the best. All right. Uh, hey, you know who's going to stop by? My dad. He's going to tell a joke right now.
0: Ooh, it's the best part of the week, baby. It's time to hear something funny. Here we go with your music intro. Ah! It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. Nick's dad tells a joke. Hey, yeah. what I say? It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. Next, dad, tell a joke. Oh, yes! Here we go!
1: Yeah. My dad does not take a day off. He's here to tell a joke, as he does every Tuesday on the podcast. All right, Dad, let's hear the latest. How can you tell the proctologist at the hospital? He's the one wearing his watch above his elbow. Oh, God. Oh, man. <laughs>
0: that was jokey 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 time it was a jokey 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 time Nick's dad told a joke
1: evidently that's a very thorough uh proctologist okay um (laughs) okay dad thanks buddy all right uh my thanks to Herb Weissbaum and to uh Tom Appel for another great for the people episode coming up next time Jim Ryan will be uh, uh, with us. He is our music critic, a music writer. He'll talk about some of the concerts he's seen and the interviews he's done. He writes for Forbes magazine, the Daily Herald, and, uh, and also... Uh, so Jim Ryan talking music for the next podcast visit. And Esmeralda will be back for all of our regular Esmeralda features. So uh, you can be a part of that podcast as usual. Call us up. Voicemail messages twenty four seven 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 three four one seven six nine four eight. 773 417 6948 Email us, nickdpodcast at gmail.com. Hey, you want to be a sponsor? Please do. Lots of people listen to this podcast. You want to advertise with us? Uh, write us, sales at radiomisfits.com. My thanks to Jason Skaggs for all the themes and the music and the craziness and the audio. My thanks to Ed and everybody at RadioMisfits.com. Please take the time to rate and review us on every platform, and we will see you next time on the Nick D Podcast.